Good afternoon, evening, morning, good night, hello listener. I am Darcy Moran. Facing me, parallel to the desk, is my colleague Kieran Stevenson. Hello. And we are crouched inside a large toilet paper fortress. We couldn't fit it indoors. We built it in the yard. We didn't read the weather. We're in trouble. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's been so nice and sunny. Uh, Toilet paper gets really gluey in the wet. It does. Once we finish recording, this is going to be a fight for our life. But that's the price we pay, Kieran, for hoarding resources. Yes, and what a lesson it's been. I'm sorry, I'm trying to engage with the the whimsy of the construction, but... Well, that's the problem with the whimsical construction. Mm. Like an oversized toilet paper fortress, it can implode Mm. if it's not handled properly. But that's okay, because we have lots of news to discuss today. I think the listeners will enjoy most of it. The uh, There's no more journalism in Australia. No. We may as well dive straight into it. Oh, well then, um, we haven't even done the intro music and you're rushing past our segment We've had music. plenty of time to put in the introduction music. All right, music. well, I'll, it, then it'll sound... Fu- this will sound stupid, because right, there will then, be intro music. Fine. Play the intro music. All right. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you spend. Well, just to come, the captain said the icebergs are the dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, and everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, no. Okay. Beautifully done, darling. Now I've got to play the topic music immediately. You don't have to play the topic music immediately, because we only do the topics music if we're doing topics and and headers, but we're not doing headers, are we? I mean, I've been doing that for... I've been doing the topics music since our new format. Well, I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, clearly not. (laughs) You've got to segment things somehow. It's nice to have a little sting. I don't listen to these back, because I don't like to hear my own voice. It's very relatable. All right, well, the um, topics music will go here. All right. And then this we talk is... about what our thing. And then when it comes time for second topic, I'll play. I usually play it like backwards. <laughs> After like two and a half and... years and nearly fifty episodes, this is going well. <laughs> That's a really bleak ratio, actually. <laughs> well, it's like what every we three weeks or so. Yeah, I guess considering the length of some of the fucking downtimes that we've had, the downtimes involved, the fact that we live impoverished, chaotic lives. Mm. You've only like you've been doing public transport for public transport for for most of the time. Yeah, 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 that's true. Which is Um, good. It's good because it means like I'm forced to get up and get ready. If we do it in the morning, like sometimes we do Darcy it in the afternoon. Darcy will morning. arrive between the hours yeah. of... <laughs> so I have a minimum preparedness, uh, like, a, a deadline that I have to meet. Say that we organize to start at, at 9.30. I've got to be up and ready by 9.30. But then I know that you're probably not going to get here until 10 to 10.30 because of how fiendishly unreliable <laughs> the public transport is. Yeah, uh, that's true. I have, to, I have to make too many connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The The... the 
immediacy with which you can just add half an hour to your trip by missing a tram by 30 seconds or or your tram being slow by 30 seconds so you miss a connection yeah yeah so i had this like one guy turning right at the wrong time fucks everything yeah 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 so i've 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 had this nice little kind of like uh to use a popular term with the academics a nice little liminal space or being like, I'm, I'm meant to be ready by now, but I can also just, like, have a coffee and, uh, and you know, like, read read some news or something like that. Now, you've got your license back, so all of that's fucked for me. You were, We arranged to meet at 9.30 today. You showed up at 9.28, a good punctual, uh, you know... Early to show that you're 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 on the game, and not uh, psychotically early, so you weren't going to catch me with my pants down or anything like that. I had I had know. time to get some uh, prepared potato. Yeah, for breakfast. Yeah, and you, that's so much easier now. So much easier. Little you just stop you don't even have to leave the car, Karen. There's there's a girl who takes the order, and mm. another one who gives you the food, and you yeah. just stay in the car. Yeah, it's like the 1950s. I've, Marvelous. Yeah, you try to avoid meeting their gaze because they recognize you. It's your third time through this week. Well, that's uh, the beauty of it. It's always my first time. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, I mm. never drive through twice. I always go to a different outlet. Yeah. I thought I was fucking mental. Uh, <laughs> so I'm happy for you that you have your license back. but uh, That's all I'll be doing, just going through people's driveways yeah. looking for food. Mm-hmm. Throwing pebbles at front-facing windows. Now, have you played the introductions and topics musics yet? Yeah, in fact, I think I think, I think I fucked that up because <laughs> now we've just got four minutes of talking do about drive-thrus. Just, just on, on three, we can just do the topics yelling. Are you ready? Three, two, one... All right. There's no more journalism in Australia, guys. It was closed today. Um, Sir Keith Arthur Murdoch's Mm. Australian Associated Press uh, is gone. Been Mm. blown away on the wind. Mm. And there will be no more research or reporting done. Yeah. These journalists have spontaneously ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. Because uh, their corporate yeah. master has been destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a good we had a good crack at it, the idea of journalism, but it's just not something that you can sustain. It, it turns in, out to be too expensive in a country this size. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this is a, a generalized point, but the way that people say that things are not sustainable, despite the fact that they've been perfectly sustainable in the past or whatever, and instead of acknowledging that there might be because the relative sustainability is obviously a result of the conditions the business conditions the economic conditions in a place uh instead of acknowledging that there might be a path back to sustainability they just say you can't do it anymore well it has nothing to do with sustainability what it doesn't what it has to do with is channel nine fairfax Mm. and news Corp basically Mm. decided that uh they fucking hate everybody and that there will be no more third-party yeah. research provided at their expense. Essentially, yeah. it's, it's 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 the inevitable outcome of saying that. Well, you know, the common pool of journalistic research and reportage mm. should be privately paid for. 
Yeah. Because eventually they're going to go, hang on a second, we can cannibalise the resources in AAP that will continue to serve our interests and everybody else can go and hang. Yeah. More than just the the outcome of, of private ownership of this stuff, it also just... When we talk about things like News Corp, uh, their their sort of strategy in uh, journalism, and this is something I think related to what you've brought up before in terms of like capitalism as a as a, as a moving thing and not a static state. Um, we we sort of like talk about News Corp as though it's like this is what it's doing. It's doing everything that it wants to do now. It might do more of it later but we don't really ascribe a lot of movement to its plans and stuff. And it's just like, if I were, you know, trying to create a media monopoly uh, that ran pretty much exclusively on right-wing editorialization, uh, I would get rid of the AAP eventually. You know, I wouldn't do it straight away. They've had the power to do it for a long time. But, uh, you know, you just, you wait until you've concentrated it enough and then you get rid of it down the line yeah. when the the concept of an objective newswire is no longer useful to you it definitely makes sense it was a sort of um it was set up basically for for anybody who's um kind of under the age of 40 mm. you used to have to get newswires which was a, a system as similar to a telegram mm. which is similar to a letter but the, the crucial thing is that... You a letter is a sort of meat space email. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that. A meat space email. I shouldn't have um, used the term meat space. And you that's had to pay per word for the mm. service, which is why the Bodyline Test Series was named the Bodyline Test Series because the journalist was a shilling short f- for the phrase, mm. the line of the body. So yeah. he said, just make it body line then. And yeah. it's why the Australian Associated Press was uh, yeah. established, where basically all of the major news agencies mm. went in with Sir Keith to have this kind of, you know, well, why don't we just get this one syndicate, syndicated um, yeah. Service to provide us with concise reportage, and then we can spin it into whatever shit we want later. Yeah, which would eventually come to mean that you look up a story and you get six different uh, news websites. Yeah, with exactly the same copy, uh, with just just not enough detail. <laughs> so what's happened is the Australian have called it a wake up call for mm. you know this journalism with the tech sector. Um, the Guardian are really like the probably most upset because, yeah. as you know, the Guardian hate hiring journalists. They just like to <laughs> get their friends to write yeah. opinions for them. Uh, now think... they're going to have to like get research stuff and find out things, and it's going to be really hard and actually kind of like work. Yeah, so not what I signed up for. I think they've had a third trans reporter or trans staff member quit in protest over transphobia in. In the Guardian editorial room. I think that that's, like, not to do with this current thing, and I don't have enough information to comment on it, but I just, you know... I wouldn't be surprised. Worth, it's worth dropping in there. I wouldn't be surprised, because the Guardian editorial staff are just the kind of, like, cokeheads who mm. would see nothing wrong with, like, referring to 
a transgendered person as a big fat tranny. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, being it, like, well, it's fine though, right? Because we're both on the progressive left, so I can, you know, she gets yeah. it, she gets it, she gets it. She, um, so yeah, no, 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 she, she, she gets it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it does come from the UK, which is the most insanely transphobic place in the West. For some reason, it's just a. Yeah, we don't need to to speculate on that but just well it'd, for it'd, some reason it'd be a, it'd know. be a, it'd be a huge diver- i think it's because of the public school system um sure. by which we'll i mean the that. private school system in britain yeah um i didn't mean to draw us off anything it's just you know i heard a word that i had read something about and i compulsively uh spew out what i've heard about it um yeah they briefly. So the Guardian are moaning about the AAP closing. I mean, every all of the journalists are acting is. like it's this. Uh, I mean, I, I, of these two minds, because I think it is a fucked up thing. I think it's another overreach gesture from Murdoch and a, Costello and, and all of those right. things. But I, I'm it's also, also it is it is like, a fucked up thing. Like it's a, the the Australian Associated Press mm. objectively did valuable work. Yeah. Right? Their reporting was still informed by the fact, however, that they were owned by the two largest and most um, avaricious commercial mm. news agencies in Australia. Yeah. And there was a limit to how objective their reporting was. There was a limit to how objective the ideology of the staff was. Mm. You know, these people were still conservative to liberal on the economic yeah. politi- political spectrum. And um, one of the reasons why Australia's political and press landscape has been so dog shit for mm. so long is kind of because of AAP. Like, mm. you can't say on the one hand, oh, they've been central to how the press has functioned in this country since 1935. And then say- And also say, therefore, it's sad that they're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, and as we were just we were just received uh, from a confidential informant, news that lots of the AAP staff were mm. not in fact members of the union. Well, we're anti anti union specifically, or refusing refusing to unionize. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. So honestly, it's difficult to muster up a huge amount of sympathy. Well, I don't I don't necessarily I don't give a fuck about any journalist in Australia, I don't think, at the moment. Watching the coverage of the Assange thing, watching the the fucking uh the two faced nature of their response to the AFP raids, uh in light of the Assange thing, and just generally fucking congratulating themselves for, for well, soft cocking like, this country into a I still have a, I, will, I will always have spot. To, unless he fucks up extraordinarily. I'll always yeah. have a soft spot for Chris Jericho. Greg Jericho. By which I mean Greg Jericho. No, there Chris are, Jericho's a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Break the walls down. Uh there are individuals that uh, that I like. But the you fact know, that you were, that it there is are, literally a case of like, oh no, that one guy. There are some, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually it's Greg Jericho, and there are a few people who have uh, either now working with Crikey or have been through the Crikey offices that I'm like, I don't hate them. I don't necessarily agree with all of them all of the time, but there are some who sort of sort of believe in the role of journalism as a power uh, for truth, but. There for the majority, you know, I couldn't give a fuck what happened to Lee Sale, what happens to Lee Sales as a person. So I care like in in abstract about all of this sort of like idealism around press freedom and 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 
it's sad to see a new service shatter. But at the same time, there's such a fucking, uh, like, paucity of, of, of courage or, or intelligence in well, Australian journalism that, like... Have a look at the last uh, federal election. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The completely gutless reportage on, on, mm. on, on Morrison's position, his political history. Yeah. On, um, you know, the f- fallacy of his economic thinking. Yeah. The lies that he uh, was continuing to pin his, you know, ridiculous asylum seeker narratives on. Yeah. There was nothing substantial done. You don't even need to go back that far. Just look at the bushfire crisis where they did the bare minimum to kind of be on the side of the public. And what that constituted in terms of reporting on the government uh, was like, ooh, this might be the point at which the public turns against Scott Morrison. But nobody was out there like, I mean, there might have been one or two people who broke ranks there, but like... Well, the only organisation that really did good work during the bushfires, from my understanding, from the press... Mm was the ABC, and they weren't using AAP journalists. Yeah, oh, yeah, They were yeah. mostly using their own staff for that, and, and you know, volunteers from the public. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of coverage of stuff that we do need to know in the just, like, generalised reporting of the news thing, like, oh, there's, you know, bad air quality here today, you know, people need to evacuate here today, look at these photos of everybody standing on the fucking beach. But, uh, uh, but yeah, just in, in terms of what should be their secondary function of linking reality to ideology through an analysis of politics. There's nothing, I mean, except for, yeah, very, very scant morsels here and there. So I think the position of weakness for bleakness, we, we have a, mm. a an agreement. Mm. Uh, this loss of the Australian Associated Press is... Kind of sad, not really. Well, it's sad in the way, in in the sense of, like, the sixth character who dies in a zombie film. Yeah. I mean, it's also, like... So, some of the stuff I did like about the AAP mm. was stuff like their, um... You know, they'd have someone sitting in a courtroom for 13 hours. Yeah, yeah. To get, you know, sort of decent information well, out some of, of that. Well, some of the basic like work that they did is, so is quite good. Somebody but, shared a photo of, of uh, fucking... Uh, Bob Catter, I think, giving a press conference, uh, and it's just him standing in front of a microphone and his, like, bag man, and then just one woman with a notepad taking notes and an empty lawn, and then presumably somebody taking the photograph. And, like, a lot of reportage was like that. The AAP would send somebody, that person would report, and then, you know, the other news sources would uh, uh, treat that like their own reporting. So there's like there's good work being well, done. The, there, the but the difference it's... now, though, like if you buy the age, yeah. uh, for whatever fucking reason, you'd still be doing that. Then um, you'll yeah. probably find it will be relatively unchanged because yeah. Channel Nine will crib off the staff that they want to keep doing that. Well, Channel Nine and News between them are opening up like yeah. thirty to fifty jobs, I think. So that'll just be their version of the AAP. Yeah. Basically, the idea is the AAP will actually continue in another guise, but its content will be limited mm. to the people who uh, have actual corporate control of it. Yeah. Uh, this is another reason why the private ownership of capital is, of course, a disaster. It yeah. shouldn't happen. 
No. Um, <laughs> and if it does happen, there certainly needs to be a proper public alternative. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like the. So if the we didn't have Scott Morrison, if we had like a proper prime minister, mm. um, this wouldn't be a remote issue because yeah. you'd just be like, okay, well, we're going to start. Obviously, you know, we need to we need to develop a journalist's quango that handles this kind of thing. Yeah, bang, done. Really easy. It's five hundred jobs. You like know that the thing. The federal government could fund that very, very, very simply. Yeah, you know that thing. How like when you're dying of thirst, you're not supposed to overwhelm your system by sculling water, or like when somebody's uh, pulled out of like a torture chamber underground or something, you're not supposed to overwhelm them with like displays of affection or whatever, because it can be like yes. a shock to the system. You talking about the prospect of like rational politics in this country feels very much like that for me. It's upsetting. It's well, don't not- worry, Kieran, because that will be the last rational politics yeah. that we'll yeah. be discussing. I think for the rest of the day. Um, wait, 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 wait. We, uh, I have an anecdote. Oh, when I was in school, we did a you trip. Tell such lovely stories. We did it. No, I don't. Uh, we did a trip to uh, a newspaper. I'm guessing it was probably like the Herald Sun or something. I don't remember. Maybe the Age. I'm not sure. But uh, where they showed us, like, this was in high school, it would have been like year eight, maybe, uh, seven or eight, where they showed us, like, how a newspaper is put together and got us to put together, like, a, a front page, a fake front page using their software and shit, which was all very exciting at the time. It was basically publisher. And the big, uh, th- they let us use real stories, and it was because of uh, AAP shit. Like, they gave us yeah. access to the wire. I think it was for, like, a week ago or something the the wire feed from like a week ago but they t- and they were like pr- kind of upfront about it they're like most of the shit that's in our paper we just pull off of here <laughs> and that means that almost no none of us are actually doing reportage anyway yeah well uh, yeah yeah look, oh I-, I also remembered oh this is not the right place to to drop this in but if i don't remember to put it in now uh, i'll forget a few a few episodes ago, you came up with a game where we would talk, we would say what our most boomer artifact was. Yeah, and I said it was I forget what I said it was, but like my jazz CDs, I think. <laughs> but I realized encyclopedia. Yeah, yeah, the the encyclopedia of jazz. That's right. <laughs> I've realized that it's actually not. I have uh, two vinyl LPs by the band Doctor Hook. Are you familiar with Doctor Hook? I. No, I thought I was, but then I realised it was an amalgam of childhood characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they they were like they were a band uh, in the seventies. They were obviously in the seventies. Got a very Captain Beefheart kind of new gurus type vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think they were trying to uh, to uh, like maybe get a bit of that mystique without ever earning it. And their whole thing was that they like orbited around the edges of being popular but never broke through and so the two things i know about them are there's a song on one of those records that's like literally just bitching about why is elvis famous why did the beatles get famous why did the rolling stones get famous and i'm not famous probably because you're writing a song like that and uh and they're they're other thing their most popular uh song dr hook and the medicine show they were called dr hook i think because they frontlined their tambourine player who had an eye patch and a big droopy mustache right uh but their most popular song heard of worse conceits for a band frankly 
yeah, well, when you're in love with a beautiful woman, this really sums up the sort of repugnant uh, uh, vibe of their whole thing, uh, is their most popular song. The lyrics are, when you're in love with a beautiful woman, you know it's hard. Everybody wants her. Everybody loves her. Everybody wants to take your baby home. When you're in love with a beautiful woman, you watch your friends. When you're in love with a beautiful woman, it never ends. You know that it's crazy. You want to trust her. Then somebody hangs up when you answer the phone. When you're in love with a beautiful woman, you go it alone. Ah. That's it. That's them. Sexual liberation. Yeah, maybe so, it's just an ego problem. Woodstock spirit. Problem is that I've been fooled before by fair-weather friends and faint-hearted lovers, and every time it happens, it just convinces me more. It's a fucking uh, men-going-their-own-way anthem. Yeah, I, 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 remember, um, I remember the age. I was, like, 16, 17, mm. when I started to actually examine the lyrics of a lot of the bands that I loved from the fifties, yeah. sixties and seventies. And it was the biggest, coldest bucket of water. Yeah. 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 Poured over me. I was mortified. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about it's rape day. It's a hundred percent like that, but they just are the worst. Uh, so, and especially that- like the sixties, like the, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the Merseyside British bands yeah. because they were so whimsical. Oh yeah. Whimsical misogyny is so creepy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're my marionette, my living doll. That's why I dose you with Rohypnol. Do, 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 do. And then a fucking weird flute comes in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my most boomer artifact because nobody embodies the boomer mindset in music more than fucking Dr. Hook. Uh, Dr. Dr. Hook. Doctor Who and the Skyhooks. Yeah, completely inappropriate for this segment on the AOP, but we had a little bit of extra time and I just like every week you leave and I go, fuck, I forgot to talk about the Doctor Doctor Hook. Yeah. So I was just going to forget again if I didn't bring it up. My skateboard fell down. Your most Gen X artifact. All right. Yeah. Well. uh, I'm also maybe (laughs) putting off this next thing that we have to talk about. Kieran, I don't want you to get too emotional about this. Uh, I'm so tired, Darcy. Do you need us to take an early tea break? I'm so tired. Maybe a tea break would be good because I found myself genuinely uh, commenting on a fucking Chuck Wendig post on Twitter last night, which nobody will understand what that means, but I was sincerely asking him to stop being a a dipshit. Comrade Stevenson's cool irony has never been closer to buckling. We're going to get some negativity juice into him calm him down a little bit and come back to talk about how good the future of the world is currently looking yeah 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 see you in approximately two seconds listener i was um looking at a twitter thing where they were talking something to do with fucking brexit and and negotiating the rules or whatever coming out of it and there was like a guy, maybe like 15 comments deep with like six likes on his fucking tweet that was like, it's all about fishing rights. It all has to be about regional fishing rights. And you just know that what he's talking about is some like obscure fucking interfamily feud between haddock fishes yeah. from the 1800s. And those people who just have these insanely specific uh, requirements for politics that they expect everybody to get on board with. They the brace wells have been mm. noodling double button bream 
since, and usually not even that far back. It'll be like 1832 or something. Like, yeah. It's not really like, a, your country is over a thousand years old. Yeah. 90 odd years, isn't that? Well, well I mean. 200 years, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I was looking into the Shoals of Herring when I read this, because I wanted to see if the Shoals of Herring would be a good, uh, like, touchstone for when I told the story. That, that song by a Welsh herring guy or whatever. And it's like... <laughs> the Welsh herring guy. It's like, I well, thought it... He's already one of my favourite characters <laughs> that's ever stepped into my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a folk... He was a folk singer who was a fisherman, I guess. And I was expecting it to be, like, about something from, like, the 1800s. I thought it was about... Because there was some, some herring fishing thing where they overfished herring and, and herring stopped being gettable or something so it's this nostalgic song about the old unsustainable days of, of fishing or whatever and i thought it was about the fucking like the 17 or 1800s and i looked it up and he's talking about like fucking 1917 or something maybe even more than that well this is what caused the cod wars in the uh, 1970s yeah the british um the british fishing fleets had to push up north to get at their favourite uh, varieties of uh, white fish. Yeah. And the the Icelanders were having none of it. Yeah, yeah I mean... <sighs> they are brave and strong and they fought back. <laughs> this is what legends and myths are made out of. So this fucking Shoals of Herring thing was written by this dude called James Henry Miller. Uh, I'm the pretty sure that one's man. already taken. Uh, his stage name was Ewan McCall. Uh, he wasn't Wait, even... that's Ewan McCall? Yeah. He's He wasn't famous... even Welsh. No, he's... He's, he's from fucking Irish. Lancashire. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's, he's from Lancashire, but he's, um, his work is mostly in like, the Irish folk oeuvre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely like uh, part of that. He did the original set. Dirty Old Town um, that Shane McGowan and the Pogues later yeah, made yeah, famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, Shoals of Herring is the same sort of thing. It's like he wrote it and then a bunch of people did it. The Dubliners did it. I kissed my fish. By the lonely port. <laughs> it's just like fucking, uh, I can't find the references to it, but it was about like the mid 20th century. And I thought it was like 200 years old and it was disappointing. So when he's like, now you're up on deck and you're a fisherman. He's talking about some dude in the sixties in a fucking pol- uh, like a vinyl coat. <laughs> You can swear and show you. Of course you can swear. It's the fucking 70s. Whatever. Who gives a shit? I'm just going to enjoy now remembering Ewan McCall as the Welsh herring man for yeah. <laughs> the rest of my... He's, he's become even more enjoyable. Yeah. Maybe it's just the fishing that was Welsh. I forget. <laughs> Wales definitely plays into it somehow, but... Uh... It's not. It's not important. We're talking it's about super they were forced to, They were forced to return to whale hunting because they'd exhausted the local supplies of mm, herring. Mm, yeah. Uh, which leads us neatly into Super Tuesday, as you said. Yes. We're sorry, listeners. We're back. We've enjoyed our tea. Uh, Sweating our cold, growing up, growing old, or dying. When you're out of black tea and you make a rhubos. Yeah, we're drinking robots. It tastes a bit like hay and vanilla. So we're talking about Super Tuesday. 
this. Yes, we are talking about Super Tuesday. Otherwise known Desperately as, looking for my notes. Otherwise known as Bullshit Tuesday. Am I right, listeners? Am oh, I right? Oh, you're not wrong. Otherwise known as... Why aren't all the states on Super Tuesday? And why not just do it all in one why day? They so just that we don't have a national fucking vote. Eighteen month election cycle. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good question. Uh, California's Super- never uh, been less important to Democratic Party pundits. By the way, suddenly yeah. it's just a completely irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest state yes. in the union for so Democrats. apparently this I don't mm. know like orange plantation also mm. voted in the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to. But Arkansas, boy, howdy. Let's talk about Arkansas. Oh, boy, howdy. Uh, so Super Tuesday is the day where, like, the largest uh, voting day in the Democratic primary, where the most delegates are. Uh, uh, on offer, it, it was like a third of the total. Yeah, a third comes of the up total. On Super Tuesday, which is like more than a thousand, right? Yes. Uh, so if there's if there's because 1991 is a plurality is a majority. Sorry, so there's just under four thousand totally. That's right. Um, so we've so got quick, non-specific mental arithmetic. There. Um. Also, quickly and and somewhat specifically, California actually takes days to count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, California is not counted yet. Like not all of la- it. Last primary season, Hillary Clinton was almost twenty five points ahead of Bernie Sanders mm. at the clo- like after the first day, and I think she ended up beating him by about seven points. I think it, yeah, um, six or seven. So California could still end up doing God knows what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're getting ahead of yourself, Darcy. We'll, we'll and I'm just saying. I'm setting the stage. Just this is what, it's part yeah. of the stage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> California is a really big part of the stage, Karen. That's true. It is, uh, undoubtedly. Uh, in the it's where the gays live. Mm, yeah, you're not wrong. San Francisco, my fucking beautiful friends. Uh, in the lead up to Super <sighs> Tuesday. Uh, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar dropped out between South Carolina, where Biden won. Uh, as w- that was disappointing because I think we'd all allowed ourselves to get our hopes up a little bit uh, unrealistically because at the outset of the primary, everybody knew that Biden was going to win South Carolina, but somehow we tricked ourselves into into believing that he wouldn't. So after South Carolina, Buttigieg, uh, Obama got on the phone and talked to to Buttigieg and Amy and they dropped out and backed uh, Joe Biden and Beto O'Rourke came back from the dead to in, to uh, <laughs> to endorse Joe Biden and to uh, yes uh, Beto O'Rourke with the with the massive massive finger work the, I forgot what an ostentatious pointer Beto yeah is yeah yeah he's talking he's like a beat poet <laughs> yeah perched on top of the fucking door like a an adventurous cat swinging his giant fucking fingers around Looking uh, like a fucking cartoon in a children's book of the crooked man walking the crooked mile. <laughs> astonishing. Uh, because Texas is another big state that's uh, on the line in Super Tuesday. Beto O'Rourke coming from Texas. I don't know why the Democratic Party still think... Beto you know, O'Rourke is just the most Texas person ever, Kieran. That's why. He's the living embodiment of the yeah. Texan dream. Well, I... I I'll tell you what, in the sense that Texas is rapacious for natural resources, if you could call political capital a uh, a natural resource, then he's been Texan to his fucking bones because he had a huge amount of it. He shot the dirt in his backyard accidentally and found a a huge wellspring of political capital and then exhausted it over the following year or two. 
He was very popular after his uh, race with Ted Cruz, obviously, for the Senate. He nearly unseated the Zodiac Killer. And then through his presidential campaign, everybody came to regard him with uh, contempt, derision, I suppose. Yeah, well, so, it turned out that there wasn't a great deal to him, um, Yeah, basically. He used to be in a punk band. He skateboarded. That was cool. But yeah, he he was the earlier burnout of the burnout mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Became um, a gawpy nerd in a... Not even a jacket. He was one of those fucking guys who yeah. always just wears his work shirt and tie with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. And you never see him in the actual full suit ensemble. Yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, you start to look like a fucking prick. It flips, yeah, when you're, if you're disheveled. Gonna, yeah, uh, it really does. Your relaxed version is your only version. If yeah. you're not going to wear a jacket, you also need to take the fucking tie off eventually. Yeah. There's, it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. really isn't. Anyway, it's not Beto Tuesday. He was there as well. So that was that was the lead up. The moderate lane uh, shrank from a bunch of people to just Joe Biden. So you had Biden, Sanders, Warren. Warren uh, is still. Who will yeah. talk about, I guess, after the results, I think. And Bloomberg. Uh, in, uh, in <laughs> Michelle. The, the billionaire lane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. So we come to the results, you know, it was uh, mixed. Let's call it that. My eyes actually popped out of my head when I jumped on the Beeb to have a mm. look at the polls uh, yesterday. Yeah. I sent you a really good pun text. Uh, where I said, yes, you said I'd you'd been, been Biden-sided. Biden-sided. Yeah. Huh? And then huh? We, listener? It was good. Huh? And then we... It was a kind we, of a Pete Buttigieg. That was a sort of joke that Pete might tell. We had a nice little side conversation about uh, imagining Warren as a Dark Souls boss. Yes, the pestiferous serpent. Yeah. Uh, and Stole that from Woodrow Wilson. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Not just that. I got a lot of my views from Woodrow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, the results were not as positive as they should have been. Uh, I told Mads with all confidence the night before uh, that Sanders was definitely going to come out ahead. The only question was by how much. And it looks like Biden is, as of this moment, just ahead. But there there are, you know, results to come in. Uh, California being the really big big one. Big, slow Cali. Yeah, there's like 415 delegates and they've allocated about half of that. Wouldn't it be great if there weren't delegates and you could just fucking vote for who you wanted and it would just be done proportionally? Yeah, well, you know, Uh, we would like to think. uh, I know, I live in a fever dream. (laughs) I'm looking at the results and it looks like all of the states with... So Utah... Colorado and California, all of the states with uh, relatively incomplete uh, reporting are states where Bernie Sanders has definitely won it. So there's there's still time, but, you know, the, the end result is that they're basically kind of like pretty close to each other. Mm. Uh, and we have to live with that. They are pretty close to each other. I think Biden's lead is going to be somewhere in the region of 60-odd delegates when this all... It looks like Finish that. Finishes shaking. I think... Uh, I don't have any, like, uh, real reason 
or special knowledge behind it, but I th- I reckon it's going to narrow to about 50 once California is fully accounted for and the other states. That would be nice. Um, God, imagine, imagine that. Like, progressive politics is now so powerful that you can almost beat uh, an old man who hates social security and thinks he's married his sister. Yeah, yeah, he, that, that was a bad one. Uh, I'm looking at these states. So it's very much a similar situation as with Hillary on, on Super Tuesday, which is that Biden has won like Alabama, Arkansas, uh, North Carolina. He won South Carolina the other day, Tennessee, Virginia, states which are... So all Republican states who are not yeah. going to vote for us in the big, like the main event? Yeah, there are a couple of like middle ones, like Maine and Massachusetts and, and Minnesota. I don't know how Minnesota votes in the general. Uh, Oklahoma, I'm assuming, is probably a Republican state. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's picking up a lot of safe red states, basically. Texas, there's a is really close between Biden and Sanders. They're saying Biden with thirty four percent and Sanders with thirty. Texas is one of those things where people have been waiting for it to flip blue for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Well, definitely not with Biden. Uh, that's for sure. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's disappointing, but it's not just because we expected this to be the decisive coming out in front. Look, I don't know. I think there was a lot of... Because um, progressive politics has been so marginalized for decades. Yeah. There was a lot of enthusiasm, which was, like, born more out of our narrative mind than our rational minds, where we're like... At this point in the story, it's when it begins to turn around for the plucky underdog. Yeah. But of course... Um, well, even, idea, even the idea narrative that, standards, that's wrong. Yeah, I guess. But the idea that Sanders was going to... Actually, narratively, this, this like he started off well, and now it looks like it might be over, is actually quite appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 the beast was always going to, you know put put something together this yeah. is episode uh five the empire flails back yeah 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 uh, you actually i actually have to admire because the democratic establishment has been so incompetent with their attempts to stop sanders for so long that i kind of admire in a in a distant uh hateful way the the strategy here to wait until the south carolina bump for biden and then to immediately pull the plug on Buttigieg and Klobuchar. Yeah. And and throw every... Because there's a very short turnaround between uh, South Carolina and Super Tuesday. It was like less than a week, right? Yes. it's Yeah, it's five days. Yeah. So uh, to, to, to do that and before uh, the Sanders campaign has a chance to rally against that new thing when... Uh, Buttigieg and Klobuchar, well, Buttigieg particularly, was taking a lot of the heat. Uh, and also for Warren to be really kind of spoiling things still. Well, it's not just the... the there's also... We, we have to consider the Clyburn um, declaration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are other things as well. So the, the Black Congressional Caucus have been pretty supportive of Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which for which I'm sure they have reasons, mm-hmm. and 
James Clyburn is the uh, House Majority Whip. Um, Essentially, he's the chief, um, like, strategies officer, if you like, of of the Congressional Democratic Party. And his endorsement of Joe Biden before the South Carolina vote seems to have had a fairly electrifying effect on the undecided. Yeah. Um, how, fuck knows how you're an undecided bloody voter at this point in yeah. the contest, but apparently there are lots, and mm. the Clyburn Declaration really got them motivated. They yeah. they helped swing it enormously for Biden. Yep, 100%. Uh, a lot of people decided uh, in in the last five days or whatever that i think that's the the last few days is the 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 difference there on exit polls uh uh yeah clyburn is in the position that uh frank underwood was in uh in the american version of house of cards in season one the house whip Ah, i still have not seen the american house of cards well it's a little tainted now um yeah well it's the thing i never really got around to it but i i i so enjoyed the um the novel and the original BBC production that yeah. I never really felt the need. I've not gotten around to the BBC one. I understand that they're quite different, but the I, American... I also, uh, for the same reason, I haven't watched the American office. I just, I, at some point in the mid-noughts, I just yeah. got fed up with these dreadful adaptations. Yeah, yeah. And I just... I do not blame you. Don't view them anymore. The Red Dwarf one was... Mm, mm, mm. Uh, the American, the American House of Cards. You can get away with watching the first two seasons and then never watching anything else, or indeed just don't watch it. It's not that important. Uh, so, yeah, out of the out of the back of Super Tuesday, Bloomberg has finally suspended his campaign, which is kind of a huge relief. Yes uh, and no. I think it would have been nice if what I was really hoping with um, Bloomberg was that he and Biden would essentially go down the middle of the bump mm. and split the um, moderate vote. The, yeah. the Bloomberg was supposed to replace Klobuchar and Buttigieg. That was what I was kind of... Yeah. That yeah. was my ideal world scenario. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely would have been nice if if there were... Unfortunately... More mud in the water. He was just so obviously... Yeah. An unrepentant, sexist, well, racist asshole that uh, to, to such a <laughs> an astonishingly authentic degree, um, there mm. was really not much that you could do, was there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a fucking monster uh, and he got fuck all as a result of being a fucking monster, I guess. It's, it's what the good news is, is that it's a complete repudiation of the idea that if with enough wealth, you can just buy your way into the that race. That is true. All of the staggering arrogance of staying off the ballot until Super Tuesday, of just spending fucking millions and millions of dollars of your own money in an attempt to buy the race, none of that seems to have paid off. And uh, Well, the thing about Bloomberg is that there was only really one thing that's ever paid off for him, right? Mm. which was that he got fired. Sorry, he was made redundant um, in the 80s as a Wall Street trader. Uh, mm-hmm. because he was not particularly good at it. However, he had managed to get himself into a sufficiently senior position where there was $10 million in 1980s money yeah. uh, that came with the redundancy. And so he then had somebody who was clever put the Bloomberg terminal together. Yeah. Um, so he literally, he just got sacked at the right time, got a redundancy package, 
and mm. back to good horse with it. Well, I mean, that's all of these fucking billionaires. Yeah, I know. Elon Musk. I know. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a source Bezos of constant thing. irritation to me when people are like, oh, well, he did come up with the Bloomberg terminal. Like, no, he didn't. He's not a fucking. He paid somebody to do that. Yeah. <laughs> It's like computers is are important. Is there a thing that we can do with computers? Is there a way that we can look at pictures of broads? I was about to say, it didn't, like, it didn't help that he like <laughs> keeps talking about broads and blowjobs. Like there's yeah. that there's not a demographic that appeals to, right? Broads is somewhere in offensiveness between like the British slag and the Australian Sheila. Yeah, like it occupies an odd. Yeah, it's, it is not a flattering term, though, right? You don't say no. it about people you're particularly fond of. No, it's de- it's like old school objectification. Yeah. Like here um, is my quarry to to go with, you know, like loudly publicly. There's like there's prudishness around sex and the discussion mm. of sex, which is bad. Yeah, but equally obnoxious and gross are guys who just are constantly shoehorning sex into completely unrelated yeah. areas yeah, of discussion. Yeah. It's exhausting to talk <laughs> with one of those people. Uh, you see her? And it's like, yeah, I, she's a, don't make me fucking... Uh, Do you know what happens when you see the- someone you think is attractive? You can just mm. think to yourself, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What there's an attractive nothing, person. There's nothing stopping you from <laughs> keeping it to your fucking self. I'm not calling you morally <laughs> repugnant for finding people attractive. It's just exhausting when you put it on me. Constantly making me refer to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually talking about how my uncle is deathly sick at the moment. If you could take five seconds out of your fucking erection to listen. Uh Anyway, yeah. You know, sex is not a good analogy for most other things. You don't need to constantly be referring to it. <laughs> We're getting too close to to to, <sighs> to the woke scold. Uh, it's not that. It's just that it's like guys who are either virgins or afraid of sex and mm. or their sexuality and mm. exhaust. The reason it's exhausting for you is because they're palpably trying to overcompensate. <laughs> yeah, I just wish I knew what oh. I could say. Like yeah. hell, like hell, hell yeah, man. But that wouldn't encourage them to do it more deeply. Like, I, I'm used to boomers constantly pointing out when they think women are attractive, because mm-hmm. boomer men just... It's like yeah. it's like a sort of muscle reflex thing for them. Yeah. You know, it, I guess it shows that they're still aware of the world around them, which is reassuring. Yeah. Um, but, man, when younger people do it, it's just depressing. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're 40 years too young for this. Yeah. Knock it off. <laughs> 100%. Mads had to replace her camera, uh... Because, like, her old camera was starting to die and she needs a decent camera to, like, when you're a, you know, self-employed artist, you have to be a fucking publicist and a photographer and shit as well. So, uh, she was replacing her camera and there was an old boomer dude that had been hired as the camera guy, I guess, because of age discrimination laws or whatever. She was like, oh, what about this one? And he's like, oh, it's a mirrorless one. And she's like, oh, okay, no, I don't need a mirrorless one. I need a proper SLR. And he's like, oh, but the ladies love this one. It's a bit less heavy. And went on this, like, really bizarre kind of fucking thing about, like, this is a man's camera. This camera is a boy, see? The lens is the dick. (laughs) And I guess the mirror is the testicles. Yeah, we're not talking about, like... A, a fucking uh, one of those old like yeah. tape <laughs> video cameras that they use to film the local wrestling show. Yeah. No, we're talking about 
uh, or, or an some extremely kind of light, incredibly expensive antique where you have to hold up a tray of gunpowder. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touch a fucking burning taper to it. No, it's the same as her old camera, which she managed somehow to to summon the strength to lift. Yeah, it's actually a little bit lighter than that. I don't know, just a really bizarre fucking thing. That's what boomers are like. <laughs> Mads is not ripped, but I struggle to think of a camera that she would have a difficult time. It's never been something that I've considered. <laughs> I think it's it's maybe something that, like, if there were a really heavy antique camera, I would be like, that would be a, a pain to drag around for the day. But I don't think it's... There's or, any point at which I would be like, oh, that camera is too heavy for me. That's for stronger people than me. This is the most generous line of thinking that I can yeah. come up with. If you're like, say, a wildlife photographer, yeah. you sometimes have to hold your pose for fucking ages If you're and a ages wildlife photographer- And eventually your arms will get tired- but the weight added by a camera is going to be so marginal. That's it, so... It would only wear you out. Also, wildlife photographers use tripods. And, well, and that's always. such... You can't always... You can't, when you're underground, Kieran, you can't always bring tripods. It's if you're such a, a tree, such you a charitable. I know that you're playing tripod. devil's advocate, but it's such a charitable reading of this thing to, to assume... That uh, Mads I, I, is a wildlife photographer who Mads nevertheless <laughs> needs. Uh, Mads looks like a, from- a, a, a bushwhacker. A wildlife photographer would never ask straw- for advice from this imbecile. She's always got straw in her hair and yeah. dirt under her nails. She would be a good wildlife She does sometimes have clay under her nails. Yeah, because she's a ceramicist. That's what I mean. So you Maybe think, he got so confused. He interpreted he that like, as she was digging well, around a, in underground caves. It's a form caves. of soil, so... <laughs> yeah. Taking photos of rare rock spiders. Yeah. I was, I was trying to make... I was trying to work that into a joke <laughs> about how this dude is a pedophile, but I couldn't make I it I mean, work. she would be quite a good wildlife photographer, I believe, but... I mean, maybe... She doesn't, she doesn't look like one at the moment. That's my point. She no, looks yeah. very much like someone yeah. who lives in a city. It would... It would I don't know. This guy... I've only heard this story secondhand, but it sounds like this guy was a jerk. Which no, uh, he obviously of- was, because it, my most generous reading was still like <laughs> he was still an was idiot. it an extremely <laughs> bizarre, yeah, unlikely thing where he's still a moron. Yeah. Uh, let's speaking of jerks, let's move. We, Elizabeth Warren is the final sort of like moving <sighs> part of this whole thing she's refused to drop out i don't want to talk about elizabeth warren because it's international women's day today at the time of recording won't oh, be when it? you're hearing this but it is at the time of recording and i feel really shitty about uh. kicking the last woman standing on the no this is fucking stage. appropriate actually because <laughs> she's been trying to and she's not the last woman fucking standing Tulsi Tulsi Gabbard Gabbard doesn't count. <laughs> yeah well clearly uh <laughs> she's got like what Point zero one seven of the vote or something. She has a delegate. <laughs> she has one delegate. She counts. That's lower than anybody who's dropped out of the race, but she counts. Uh, that's not true, actually. Just the people who've dropped out with delegates. Uh, listen, this is kind of the, the thing. There's people are, I would say, cynically leaning on the fact that Elizabeth Warren is a woman. Uh, and it's appropriate that it happens on international women's day this discussion because i don't call me crazy or old-fashioned uh but i actually don't think that her her 
intrinsic. I don't think that there is any intrinsic womanly characteristic uh, at play here. I just think she's an asshole. You know, I wasn't. Um, I know you weren't being serious. Her behavior, <laughs> but people. I don't know. It's really frustrating to see because there's a lot of shit that you can talk about and and indeed uh, end up sounding like a bit of sexist when you do it. But the the most clear cut thing is a few weeks ago she was talking about how she was the only uh, or she and Amy were the only people on stage without super pack money which, which is, is not true not true and f- uh, like based on an extremely <laughs> really uh, not true yeah. and um bernie's um super pack is uh, he he has got a pack for sure well there's but yeah. it's it's not like a super pack in the sense of super pack denotes like uh, a millionaire a front for yeah, yeah, millions yeah. of dollars of funding from vast international conglomerates. Even then, Bernie's pack or the Cokes, Bernie's pack, Bernie's is pack, literally- you, it being our revolution, this dark money group yeah. that people are talking about, who in total have spent like one point something million uh, dollars, and primarily on down ballot races because they're not actually associated directly with. Bernie Sanders, they're a progressive Democrat electoral uh, thing. So they've spent money mostly or possibly entirely on down ballot races. The Persist Pack, which started up, Elizabeth Warren's Super Pack, which started up about a week and a half after she was saying that one reason to vote for her was she was the only person not taking Super Pack money. Uh, Persist Pack spent, outspent Joe Biden in the like two days after it was created. It spent like fourteen million dollars. Uh, That's because Biden's still allocating his campaign expenditures in nineteen fifties dollar volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dime here, a dime there. <laughs> It'll buy you a week's worth of beans. Uh, but the, like this, this one uh, thing I think is like illustrative of just how you can't trust her to keep promises that she says. Uh, in February 2019, she said, I'll never take a dollar of super PAC money. And now people are saying, oh, well, she's not taking the super PAC money. She can't stop a super PAC from starting up and uh, buying ads on her behalf. No, but she did cancel her own campaign's ad buys mm. in Super Tuesday states uh, on the same day that the PAC was established. Yeah, you, you can also publicly say, I'm sorry that this is happening. I don't. Yeah, um, you I, could I, reject it. I do not want to be affiliated with them. <laughs> yeah, especially given the... La- it's still kind of hearsay at this point, but the people and involved... I, I, I want them in- to know in advance that any help they give me does not make me beholden to them, and I won't be... Yeah, yeah there's a, there are a number of ways to do it. Yeah. We won't find out who's behind it until March 20th, if- which is their deadline for disclosure. But uh, there are so many ways around it that if you can't figure one out, you'll probably be a pretty shitty president. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we don't know for sure who's behind it, but if the the leaks are accurate, then it's fossil fuel and weapons manufacturing millionaires. This one thing I think is emblematic of of, of Warren's campaign, and people don't trust her for a very for very good fucking reason. You know. She hasn't proven herself to be trustworthy. She hasn't made a good decision politically the entire fucking campaign. Her judgment's not been great. But it's also... Look, I... 
like my concern about Kamala mm. Harris was being like, yes, all of the criticism of Kamala Harris was completely reasonable and justified. Yeah. And I didn't disagree with any of it. But I was struck by how much more impact it had on her than worse criticisms that could have been made of some of the men who were running. I'm right? absolutely <laughs> not suggesting that sexism is not and a the, contributing factor. The same, like, yes, okay, Warren, all of your criticism is spot on, right? Yeah. But she should be the centrist candidate who's vying with Bernie Sanders for the nomination. Yeah, 100%. Sexism Joe is definitely Biden's a play. brain doesn't work. She's better than like, fucking Joe. I will grant you <laughs> that. Elizabeth Warren may be a flipper. A flipper flopper. Yeah. Right. And she may be <clears throat> duplicitous and she may have very poor political judgment, but yeah. she is functionally across the board, thousands, literally hundreds of <laughs> thousands of times um, sounder than Joe Biden. No, no disagreement here. Definitely no disagreement here. If she were the centrist candidate that uh, that Bernie were vying against, I would be a much happier camper. Like, as we sure. speak, but- Hunter is by his father's seat- with a bowl of hot water and a flannel mm. trying to, like, unstick his toffee-jammed teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that Hunter Biden is a painter now? He's living a life of peace and quiet, which is, like... Which is... Such a, like... Like, he's been taken aside and told not to fucking do anything. Yeah, yeah. Next, if you so because much if, as move in the next decade. Because if they nominate <laughs> Joe Biden to be president the <clears throat> very next day, it'll just be wall-to-wall shit about Burisma and Hunter <laughs> Biden in the fucking Ukraine, and he'll lose the election because he deserves to lose the election because he's fucking corrupt. This is Donald Trump is a he's corrupt absolute he's, shitbag, but he's unfortunately Joe, look, Joe is corrupt. Joe is uh, political mm. mercenary, right? Yeah, his policy. He has got to this position, right? He's a pro bono political mercenary. Though. He's not rich. Yeah, no, like he, is, he should a, be. That's very true. That's yeah. really, really very. He just true. does it for the love he of is the game. Not ex. Yeah, he's been in um, politics for what, since the seventies. Yeah, he should be doing really well. Yeah, um, certainly he's he's no uh, he's no Netanyahu, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but look. He's now... Elizabeth Warren has how many delegates? 61. 61 delegates. Joe Biden has... 566. 566. He's got 10 times the delegate count that Elizabeth Warren has. Yep. And she has a meticulously, like, researched and articulated policy position. Whether you trust her to keep any of them or not is beside the point. Just talking about, like, relative amounts of work that have been done. And and she has... uh, Also, regardless of whether you think the policies are any good. Yeah, uh, correct. The point is that she has done or has overseen a lot of research and development on policy positions after coming off the back of a reasonably distinguished academic career, Joe Biden has no policy positions. Joe Biden has no political accomplishments. Joe Biden has got absolutely nothing apart from the fact that, I don't know, he looks like a human personification of America. Yeah, well, he's he's the safe hand, he's... Obama's VP. It's, yeah, it's pure, right. It's he, pure desire to run back to- He had a cool friend once, yeah. The status quo. But here is 
a status quo that produced Donald <clears throat> Trump. Like, it's such an unmitigated disaster. You're absolutely fucking right. Uh, but I that, don't Why wanna... are they so scared of Trump? What has actually... Mm. In America, right, mm. what is manifestly worse under Trump than was the status quo under Obama? I mean, the immigration it's, thing isn't wildly different. It is worse. It is worse. But is but it it's like- it's not wildly different. On the scale of presidential shit, like, yeah. is it- what, what, Where's this reaction? Is it just because he's a gross dick? Is it- Yeah, I mean, that's that's nine-tenths of it. I think, I think the ICE stuff, like, there is a legitimate argument there. I also think that the people that are really pissing their pants about uh, Trump and asking for Biden- Firstly, aren't as invested in the ice stuff as they pretend to be. Uh, well, no, because they're not going to disband it. Are yeah, they? and secondly, don't don't realize that under Biden things will maybe improve a little bit, but not fundamentally things change with very the way that easily they easily get worse under Biden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's that. I mean, what else? He's. I mean, gr- grifting is a bit worse. The tax cuts and stuff are a little bit worse under him. It's all part of the same progression, though. Yeah, like it's yeah. Just you know, it's what's not meaningfully been different. It's what's been happening since McGovern lost the election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, it's all completely normal. It's just that they're birds of a feather. You're right. You're right. A hundred percent. They're Trump both sexually as- inappropriate, so they're they're both fucked on an individual like. I don't think uh, that Trump is as bad as Bush was. Well, no. I think I mean, the like Iraq the, the, war there's is... an argument that maybe George Bush, because of his like genuinely mm. simple brain, was less of a morally culpable agent than Trump. Well, but I don't yeah, think yeah. his presidency was effectively far worse than Trump's. His presidency was absolutely catastrophic, Bush's. Like how many people have died and well, will it's, die? It's, it's, like, it's impossible it's, to calculate, isn't it? But yeah. it's over a million people. It's, it's around a million in Iraq. And yeah. that's plus, you know, Afghanistan, plus... And uh, if you... Plus the for poor the flow people dying in, and, in the US, plus yeah. people dying uh, for immigration. Genghis Khan so would be extremely stuff. fucking jealous, is the point. Yeah. Uh, no, you're 100% right. You fucking derailed me from my point about Warren, though. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> which is that uh, you can't trust her womanly wiles. No. Uh, I would be happy if she were the, the moderate candidate uh, that the party was trying to prop up to throw against Bernie. I Agreed. Think that, I think that generally speaking, that would be a less distasteful thing. But what she's doing and what her supporters are doing, although, you know, who gives a, supporters are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, but what she's doing is... The moderates cleared the lane for Biden, right? Yes. Uh, concentrated their support, and he immediately got a gigantic bump. Warren, in her primary sort of like PR tactic, has been to shit talk about Bernie, basically, and say that he's never gotten anything done, uh, say that she has a realistic plan for not introducing Medicare for All until her second term, whereas he has an unrealistic plan about giving Americans health care. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren has a realistic plan for losing the house after two years. <laughs> yeah, Everything yeah. goes back to fucking normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's She's in it and trying to sap voters from Bernie. Bernie's not... Like, she could sap 100% of the votes from Bernie and she would still have to, like, vie against uh, Biden. But she's not getting any of that shit. She has fucking 60 delegates. She got 
Uh, she came in third in her own state. But she has got... That's the that's the delegate count difference between yeah. um, Sanders and Biden. Yeah. So do you think yeah, yeah, that yeah. she's deliberately Roughly. acting as a drag, well, effectively, now on, we, on Sanders' uh, Now bully. we enter into the land of conspiracy theory we and do. what to yeah, believe, because yeah, sure. I don't put anything past... I don't past think that that's what she's doing. ...the DNC. Um, I, I cannot believe that she thinks she has a path to the nomination so we can like well this is also that- a fair point i don't know really it's it, but then you know there's there's a few things that could be happening she wants to have the balance of power in a brokered convention possibly to swoop in as a hero and and to uh riding in on Bailey's for, back for bernie yeah uh that big golden beautiful beamish boy I think I think she could be encouraged to stay in. She's definitely been used by a lot of fucking people because the big super PAC uh, that came in and, and spent $14 million on ads in uh, Super Tuesday then abandoned her after Super Tuesday. Mm. She's naive, I think, in that uh, regard because she cancelled all of her spending, wound down her fundraising. The super PAC came in took some votes off Bernie, went, all right, I've got my fucking result and fucked off. Do you think this is a sort of odd combination then of being um, calculating and sort of Machiavellian, mm. but also uh, unworldly and inexperienced? I think it's what we've been saying the entire time and like your big kind of like encapsulation of it, that she's a great administrator and a shit politician. Yeah. And all of her staff... Uh, Hillary drop kicks and Kamala drop kicks and like just being like oh, I've got all of the best people in the in the fucking beltway that have dropped off a series of failed campaigns. Yeah. I've got all of the most experienced people who mm. got us into this shitty situation. Yeah. And her strategy changed noticeably after uh like the Kamala dropout and uh the the Booker dropout and stuff and she picked up some of those stuff and all of a sudden she went negative. She went aggressive and she started like her campaign started this series of extremely shitty things to do. Firstly, like things that are shitty to do. And secondly, like massive tactical miscalculations. Yeah. Bitch fighting Sanders was a really stupid move. Like if I were advising the Warren campaign, Mm. I would have absolutely had them chasing after like, cause Pete was never going to do well after Iowa. Right. That was always going to be, you know, so it was clearly going to be like, okay, like Sand, Biden, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar are fucking weak. Yeah, that's virgin soil. Hit that area. Yeah, and I think um, I think Warren could have really easily been the front-running centrist candidate. She has a history of conflict with Biden over some credit card company thing that I haven't dug into, but like her only thing that she's done as part of as setting Just up had the, a really wonderful vision of those two arguing about credit cards yeah that would be a fun debate to yeah watch. yeah yeah uh so as part of her like customer uh protection bureau thing uh she went to war with biden over some legislation that he had around credit cards or whatever they have a history of conflict but she hasn't fucking attacked him her uh, dunking on Bloomberg was extremely satisfying and and very righteous and legitimate in that debate, uh, where she correctly pointed out that he had uh, a fucking uh, a history of sexual monstrosity. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg was a wonderful example for everyone to set politics aside for five minutes and just keep yeah. the shit out. It of was it. kind of a heartening, a little yeah. thing. 
So I don't know what the fuck she's doing. I don't know if there's a conspiracy theory to sap uh, momentum from Bernie, although one of her, there is like a source close to Elizabeth Warren's campaign has said that their goal is to blunt Bernie's momentum. If she's doing that shit, well, she's not going to get anything out of it. So I feel sorry for her ultimately. But, I don't know. She, uh, she could lose a lot of her prospective base. Yeah. If I, if I were Bernie Sanders' friend and he went from very noticeably calling me my friend, Kieran Stevenson, my close personal friend, Kieran Stevenson, to then calling me Senator Stevenson, I would be heartbroken. So she's fucked that one up. Uh Whatever the intent or whatever, she's she's currently spoiling the race. Elizabeth, you were going to come to Boca with us, you know? <laughs> yeah. We've got a nice place. <laughs> um, she's fucking it up for the progressive There's a movement bodega the down moment. the road. The, the, the salad's always fresh. Never anything from yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. She's she's fucking things up. Uh, there's also rumors that she's talk- thinking about dropping out. I don't. It's impossible to tell how reliable any of this fucking shit is. Uh, she dropped out. Listener, uh, like a day or two ago, uh, immediately after we recorded this podcast. Actually, basically, she dropped out. Uh, hasn't endorsed anybody yet, which is the big question. So. Even though she's not in the race anymore, still trying to decide between endorsing the person whose policy platform uh, she adopted huge uh, tracts of or the person who she's historically fought with over regulatory issues. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But that's it. Super Tuesday. Be optimistic because there's still there is still most of the delegates to fight for. Yeah. And Um, and a lot of the states, a lot of the states coming up swung against uh, uh, Bernie. uh, I don't know how to say this politely, like redneck shit states. Well, they're conservative. Uh, they're Republican states. Redneck shit states. Exactly. That aren't going to Undeveloped backwaters. Uh, majority undeveloped backwaters. He's still got a decent take in most dangerous. of those states. I so none of them are going to fucking listen to the show here. It doesn't matter. We're going to harm his campaign. I'm not. A, <laughs> I'm not being a hundred percent serious with um, <laughs> taking. There's all of the awful places in America that are going to vote Republican anyway. But like, there's still plenty of center states. I love my working class friends, for- even if they are uneducated, mean spirited dickheads. Uh, I don't think educate. Oh, I forget. This is the difference between America and Australia. There's there's a, there's a plenty of highly educated working class people in this country. Yeah, that's part of what makes them so frustrating because they're plenty of extremely poorly educated. Have I talked about Have I talked about the true bourgeoisie yet? No, it's a term that I believe that I've coined, which describes like describes the Australian middle class who conceive of themselves as working class, and a lot of them are in this sort of. Uh, but like petty like, bourgeoisie, so they maybe they sell their labour, but they do so for extraordinary amounts of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they so they have all of the trapping of the true blue man or woman. They love their Barbies and their wife beaters and stuff, but they're just absolute fucking wealth monsters at the same time. Oh, I see. Yeah. So they th- they these are the sorts of people who are like the real working class is exclusively highly skilled tradespeople. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody else who has to sell their labour for a living can just go and get fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not in VB commercials from uh, the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm just a simple Australian bloke, you know. I fucking pull in $1.5 million a year and I have a boxy mansion in a shithole suburb uh, where the fixtures don't work right. And I just think it's fucking common sense that as a man with three investment properties, I should be allowed to keep my fucking franking credits. Those sorts of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, working class states. Uh, A lot of the states coming up. Uh, look good for Bernie. There's like Michigan and and New York and shit. New York's going to be a bit of a shit fight actually, but uh, you know, there's reason to be optimistic. It's not over by any stretch. No, it's not. Like, and with everybody it, it, dropped it was out, the, the the assumption that Sanders was just going to be able to have a nice easy walk to the nomination was always extremely naive. Yeah, there was always going to be a reaction. It was always going to be a scary reaction. We don't know how much farther it has to go, though. Yeah. Um, depending on how the respective campaigns handle this, anything could happen. Yeah. Uh, At least now it's just an honest fight. It's the, the cl- thing that's really distressed to. me about this process, more than anything else, more than any of the people involved, yeah. has been the fact that in these states that produced the big Biden bump, mm. The top polling concerns are Medicare for all, environmental policy, and, you know, income redistribution. And those are all things that Joe Biden could not give less of a flying fuck about, even if he had the capacity to understand them, which I'm not completely sure he does. What's interesting is I think, though, the, the data shows that the electorate understands that Bernie is their candidate for that thing. So what they're doing is making the critical mistake of thinking strategically, which yeah, never, th- never, never do banned. that. You're not that clever. No one's that clever. Just yeah, vote for what you want. You don't have to be a fucking strategist. People, this is one area where I struggle to have sympathy with like my fellow human beings. Mm. The complaint that politics doesn't change anything and doesn't work for ordinary people is real and it's a universal complaint. But in countries where we have a chance to affect the way government is done, people refuse to vote for what they actually want. Yeah. One of the reasons that politics in a democracy doesn't work will always be us. Mm. It always will. Until we stop being cynical and start to take actual risks with yeah. our voting. And it's easier for us because we have preferential voting in America. It's yeah. scarier because it's yeah, first yeah. past the post. But, and which makes it even more fucking annoying by the way that we don't vote for what we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that gap where you're like, <laughs> man, like, you're like, if America had mandatory Americans voting, if they had ranked speech, choice. But, yeah. Oh, they uh, would be riding high. And then you look at what happens here and it's like, <laughs> I can't believe it. There are still people from both sides who put Labour and Liberal as their first pick. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of those people, like the woman uh, that actually, got interviewed after it, the thing and she was like, oh, I voted for Liberal because- uh, It kind of makes sense to me if you're know. a conservative anyway. and you're like, well, I want to put Liberal first because yeah. all of the other right wing factions- scare the shit out of me yeah like i can see that but why you'd be like well as a progressive i naturally back labor before anybody else it makes very we'll have sense. to we'll have to do a big fucking dive into labor brokens at some point because they've gotten they've only gotten crazier since the election and the and the leadership change oh speaking of crazy yeah before we wrap up yeah can we please talk about um Faravanti Wells and her oh, we can mention it. Yeah, yeah. Response to I have the, the sp- spectre of right wing terror. I have the screenshots <laughs> saved on my phone. Uh, 
because uh, that was fucking wonderful. So, eagle-eyed uh, listeners will uh, bat-eared listeners, eagle-eyed listeners will probably be aware that ASIO have uh, mm. expressed concern about right-wing terror. Yes. And uh, if I was a senator in the federal government, even if I was a conservative senator, my first concern would be, oh, no, is there a new security threat that I hadn't realized mm. that we need to address? It would not have been. <laughs> That's actually really offensive. <laughs> right is associated with conservatism in this country, and there are many people of conservative background who take exception with being tarred with the brush. So she didn't say tarred, did she? She said scarred. Did she? Yeah. I only read that. I only read the, 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 Because <laughs> no, the ABC were very careful to have the little, like, square brackets of, like, yep, that's what she said. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's not on the one that I read. Scarred that's funny. With the same <laughs> brush. Um, yeah. And, yeah, no, you've got a more obliging and genteel journalist who's fixed <laughs> it for it. This is, um, this is fantastic. Like, I, when people are like, oh, man, um, Bader Meinhof, we're a left-wing terrorist group. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I don't endorse what they did. I think it was counterproductive. Um, but I'm not offended by the notion that they had progressive ideals. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. That's not, you know, if you were to call me specifically a left-wing terrorist, I might be mm. offended or, or pleased. It would depend on who, yeah, yeah. who had <laughs> called me that. It. Um, but the idea that, yeah, you can be like, man, I'm really worried about these white supremacists who are threatening and causing real violence in the streets of Australia. Yeah. Uh, and your first response is to be like, well, mm. I mean, uh, I'm upset that you would even associate me with that sort of cons- person, the conservatives that I know. I mean, we wouldn't. Nobody in the Senate. I mean, I, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And then she did the old canard, which is like also a lot of these groups are actually left wing. Yeah. And the poor old Mr. Azio, whatever his fucking name is. I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to describe him with sympathetic terms on a regular basis, but he's sort of, this was not what he was prepared for when (laughs) I don't think they worry about political correctness in in the spy one. He was just like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Is that, is there anything else yeah, yeah. that you'd like to ask me in response to this statement I've made? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would like to address statements previously made by this office. Uh, the, the scourge of neo-Nazi groups uh, giving the sig heil to swastika flags in the backyard are, of course, not right-wing. I didn't mean to suggest <laughs> that there was any correlation between the right-wing of politics and fascism. Historically or materially, that wasn't my intention. As we know, the uh, uh, word Nazi does, of course, stand in part for National Socialist. Yes, uh, yes, so that's right. So we have right. to consider that uh, being as how the Nazis are very trustworthy people who always say what they mean. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> fucking marvellous. Um, and it was also, so Dutton's response was similar. Yeah. The, the overwhelming response from the government has been like, not all conservatives. Right it's literally yeah, yeah, not yeah. a not all men response. For it's, <laughs> it's it's very bizarre. It's I mean, so I guess bizarre. it's to be expected, but like, yeah, I mean, not it's not it shouldn't be. No, I guess it you know, be, but you know, whatever. When when there were concerns about like Islamic terrorism, 
there yeah. were Muslims in Australia who said, we don't like how we're getting bullied and harassed and discriminated against as a result of this like Islamophobia. Yeah. But they weren't people who were like, how dare you associate Al-Qaeda with Islam? Like, they weren't, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. People it's a subtle saying, difference. Like, as a Muslim, I'm offended that you would uh, describe Osama bin Laden as, a, you know, Islamic uh, extremist when he's, like, officially a sheikh. Not that sheikh's not really an official. It's That's a whole other thing about the power and the structure <laughs> of Islam. It's absurdly complicated. But yeah, uh, they yeah. don't have a pyramid power structure, folks. There is, you there can is a- just be a sheikh by association. But, uh, you know, yeah, there was that was not the response. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I can see how these dipshits would have mistaken it because people were being like, I wish people would stop uh, associating Islam with terrorism. We're not all terrorists. And I guess they've been like, we'll just do that. Because what they said was, I guess I wish that they'd stop associating terrorists with Islam because they're not Islamic. But yeah. it's like, yeah, no, fucking- There was never any denial that Islamic extremists were Islamic extremists. They were just like, I urge you all to remember that most of us are not violent. Yeah, yeah. It's a rich- <laughs> most, uh, most Muslims are Muslim in the broad. sense that most Christians are Christian. It's not yeah. as big a part of their lives as you might assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fucking hell. Yeah. That was funny. Good old Kiravanti Wells, or however you say her name. <laughs> skate over it quickly so that you can get through it as I did. Fioravanti. Oh, Fioravanti. Fioravanti. Uh, all right, we've got to wrap this up so that I can. You've I can, got a reading group. I can get ready for your, my next You've got thing. to go to your adult literacy class. Yes. Cachita Fioravanti Wells. And I have to go to my Australian Consumer Law tutorial. Oh, sweet. I have been a very, very, very naughty boy and now i have to learn about commercial law yeah that's my yeah, that's cool. my sentence that's your sisyphean thing yeah i feel like we didn't i like i i don't know i'm off my uh game i'm so like f- suffused with misogynistic rage that uh <laughs> that i that, that you that, are such there's a, a there's a lot this is, to you've it been, like you've been more bernie bro today than it ever before and on international women's day of all days kieran it, yeah it bothers me. Do you think we're seeing the death of third wave feminism and the emergence of fourth wave feminism? I don't know. I don't actually... Which is to say people just being like, no, we've misinterpreted <laughs> bell hooks again. Let's go back to the fundamentals. But to be brutally honest, I don't know much about formal feminist theory. Yeah. Well, this one seems to have... Uh, basically what happens is... Uh, feminism advocates for the rights of all women everywhere and understands the intersection between class and gender in, in Western society. Yeah. Uh, it makes tremendous gains. And then eventually, uh, rich women overtake. And then you uh, get liberal feminism where it's then, like, the problem is yeah. that there's no, we should have a queen and a king. Not yeah. that there shouldn't be a parasitic ruling class. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like with the first wave feminists, it was like, women get the vote. Yeah. But then the rich women were like, well, poor women shouldn't have okay. the vote. So first with, wave is like the 1870s. I don't know. I'm, I'm Like the suffragettes and so on. And I then think so. Maybe. I'm not the sure. Second wave, second wave was all became the turfs. rock and roll generation. Yeah. They all became transphobes, basically. Yes, they uh, did. And, Big and, time. And gender essentialists, but in a sort of like big up the, the essential qualities of women. And then third wave has has devoted into more female CEOs. That thing, right? So maybe we'll go fourth wave. I don't but know. the the un- beneath all of that, there's always a sort of constant stream of uh, women working for just general rights and equality. 
Yeah, yeah. There's always poor women. There's always usually not white women uh, doing... Like, the fundamentals of the theory haven't really changed. As far as I can tell, I'm not a feminist scholar. I'm talking out of my ass. And if I've offended you, listener... Did you just say that you weren't a feminist? (laughs) Yeah, and then I said the word scholar just by itself in a sentence. You inserted the Uh, word scholar in (laughs) post-production. Yes. Which you always do so smoothly and seamlessly. Yeah, I, people often say that my transitions are effortless and not that it feels like I'm dizzying jump through time four times well, an episode. it turns out we are just Bernie bros from the reactionary left. Yeah, yep. I can't stand it. I can't stand the thought of a woman If you leading. would like to write an angry letter to us. Yeah, do. Maybe we need to piss people off and then we'll get more correspondence. Please send uh, your... Um, Feed your acerbic yeah. righteous feedback to mm-hmm. weakness for bleakness at gmail.com. Weakness for bleakness at gmail.com. Uh, I've got some Leonardo's robot news. Uh, the album is coming out on the 25th of March. It's all uploaded to the distributor and stuff. It's called Something Terrible Will Happen. It's a 13 track album. Oh no, it's Kieran's manifesto. It's his men's rights manifesto <laughs> yeah. recorded in musical form. The first single oh, alien you can get no. at leonardosrobot.bandcamp.com. You can you can hear it. This is this I'm pretty chuffed about. You can hear a uh, um, a big whack of one of the other songs at the end of the second latest struggle session episode. They, uh, they, they used Struggle Session is a great podcast. Leslie Lee the Third well, and Jack Allison. I have to listen to Struggle Session now. Uh, and it is episode 233, Russiagate Forever with Aaron Mate. My, and, uh, uh, my song is at the end of it. I'm, I'm chuffed about that one. My song is not at the end of How to Heretic, but if you're looking for a atheist cultural podcast that is are you just doing a podcast recommendation of off the back of condescension my and spite yes i am all right and I'm, I'm picking one largely at random as well if like darcy you still hold on to the to the idea of the potential of the atheist movement i don't actually but it's uh, it's it's just a very nice non podcast called How to Heretic. It's by some mm-hmm. ex Mormons. Oh, just, cool! Ex Mormons are always it's just advice to to. for people who would like to leave religion but are scared of the godless world. Uh, but also, it's entertaining listening for those of us who have never been through the weird experience of being raised in Utah <laughs> as Mormons. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're just nice, gentle guys with who who, who enjoy life now that they're free. All right, we'll listen to that podcast, I suppose. Uh, That's it. Let's finish this. It's bye-bye from me. Me too. It's like a fucking gridiron game. All right, (laughs) turn it off. (laughs)